Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about the smooth, delicious Strava Craft coffee. And not only is Strava Craft coffee delicious coffee that comes in so many delicious flavors, including marshmallow, but it packs a CBD punch and CBD can help relieve migraines, joint pain, IBS. It helps with so many things. So make sure to check that out because you get the coffee punch and the CBD. And another one-two punch is if you use the code DNVR25 over at StravaCraftCoffee.com, you'll get 25% off your first order of StravaCraft Coffee. And then after you fall in love with it, go to StravaCraftCoffee.com and subscribe and you'll get 20% off every single order after that. And you can also have it set up where it's just delivered straight to you every two, four, six, eight weeks or however often you want. It'll show up at your door. So check them out over at StravaCraftCoffee.com and use the code DNVR25. All right, Ryan and Mace, let's hop into the show. Studio C today, and the C stands for could they really get Rogers and Adams? Now, this isn't our <clears throat> this isn't our idea. I don't know where that's coming from. This isn't our idea. This is something I gave you my throat, has, Ryan. I know this has come up from two separate, very well connected people. And we'll discuss exactly what they've been talking about here in just a second. But first, a shout out to our friends, MSU Denver, msudenver.edu slash online, where you can go to scope out all they have to offer. They can educate you on everything, including, you know, how to manage a salary cap, which might be something that we talk about here in just a second. Uh, But there's so much over at MSU Denver online, 75 online and hybrid programs, uh, 450 total classes, something for everyone. And if you're looking to maintain a full-time job, 
while furthering your education, there is no better place to go than MSU Denver because MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other online institution. So check out our friends over at msudenver.edu slash online today. My boys, what's up? I mean, Ryan, what we're about to talk about today and Mace, boy, it's going to get Broncos fans really excited for the new year. Yes, it is. And let's start with the first place I saw this. Um, and that was from an uh, article that came out from Woody Page over the weekend. Um, and I didn't think much of it because while the headline really grabs you, um, I just sent it to you guys so I can <clears throat> read the headline. It says, uh, from Woody Page, the dominoes will fall and usher a revamped Broncos era after Raiders game. I'm like, okay, well, let's see what Woody has to say here. But then in the story – before he leads into uh, a bunch of scenarios that we talked about the other day, Zach, um, he says something along like the lines of like, let's build a quish, uh, the perfect Christmas wish list for the Broncos. And in there he includes, boy, does um, he? Yeah. And he, he does. It is the perfect um, scenario for the Broncos. It includes like Peyton Manning as a joint owner with Brittany Bolin. Uh, it includes, um, of course, what we're about to talk about, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. It includes uh, the Broncos hiring Nathaniel Hackett. So it goes on and on and on. And I was like, okay, so was that – was he saying – he think that's, thinks that's going to happen? Or is he saying, like, that's a perfect scenario? Because it's definitely a perfect scenario. Then Peter King comes out with almost the exact same quarterback and coach and wide receiver scenario for the Broncos. Uh, I believe it was today. Peter King, or maybe yesterday, coming out with an article that says Broncos hire Nathaniel Hackett, who is the Packers offensive coordinator and presumably has a good relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Broncos sign Devontae Adams in free agency and Broncos trade two first round picks and Jerry Judy. And I believe there was a couple other picks in there, maybe a fourth or something. Um yeah for Aaron Rodgers, leaving the Broncos with Hackett, Rodgers, and Adams, and just losing Jerry Judy and those two first-round picks. Um, and Peter King also points out this. The Broncos do have two seconds and two-thirds. They would still be able to make selections with this year. So now that it's come out, Woody's thing was kind of confusing. Is that real? Is that not? And then Peter King floating out the almost exact same scenario tells me, all right, there is a little smoke to this. There is a little fire to this smoke. Well, here's the thing. I mean, it it seems obviously Woody was building a dream scenario because not only did he have Peyton Manning, but he also had Brittany Bolin owning the Broncos. He had Peyton Manning taking over John Elway's uh, operation of, of vice president of football operations. Then you also, in that scenario, have John Elway uh, trying to own part of the Broncos as well. So it was a dream scenario. And Woody's a Colorado guy, so he's coming from it where he's just viewing the Broncos' perspective here. But you have Peter King, and in his article, he talks about hundreds of things, right? Uh, in, in his weekly article, it's fantastic. He only throws out one scenario of Aaron Rodgers after the season. And it does come right after he says it does seem like Aaron Rodgers loves Green Bay right now. But he says, well, what if Aaron Rodgers does want to move on? And this is the only scenario he throws out. 
is the Denver Broncos. And so this is good because from a national perspective, the Broncos aren't going away from being a team that's competing. And so I think that's kind of where you start right here. Aaron Rodgers has not told his camp uh, the Broncos are out on my list. And I don't I don't think there's anything that would really happen where the Broncos would be out here. Uh, I think that's where you start is that from a local perspective and a national perspective, Aaron Rodgers is still in this mix. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because like you guys mentioned, if 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 this had just been Woody, I think I would have just no offense to Woody, but I thought I would have just been like, okay, sounds good, uh, moved on because you know Woody has had Woody has some flights of fancy sometimes, and he does kind of think like a like a fan with all the boundless hopes. Um, Peter King putting it out there is interesting. Now that being said, I think we've got a lot of steps to get through here. Um, of course. And I think the first step here is what happens with the Packers over the next several weeks in the postseason, and what does their outcome have in terms of on what Aaron Rodgers would want to do? I mean, I think the best scenario for the possibility of Aaron Rodgers playing somewhere else could be Denver. Certainly there would be other suitors coming in if he's available. I think the best scenario is if they lose in the playoffs short of the Super Bowl, like they have every year they've been to the postseason since winning it all the way back in February of 2011. That's the best scenario. If they go to, if they go to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl, um, I think that, that that increases the chances of him running it back. Like if they go to the Super Bowl and lose, I could see him saying, all right, we're in the right direction. We're close. Let's just run it back. And, you know, like, uh, like you say, RK, the salary cap is, uh, it doesn't really exist. Uh, certainly the New Orleans Saints have proven it's a very elastic, uh, it's a very elastic thing. So I think that's what would happen. And if they win the Super Bowl, shoot, if they win the Super Bowl. I think either he comes back to Green Bay or he just says, I'm going out on a high. I'm out. Maybe I can get the Jeopardy job. Yeah, I mean, no one can blame him for that. But let's talk about the feasibility of this trade. You mentioned the salary cap not being real, which, of course, um, one of my favorite sentences. Um, so I might say it a, f- a few times in the next few months. Uh, that's the number one thing I've gotten my mentions right now because I floated this out, that it had been floated out, a double floater. Um, Ooh. And uh, so many people were responding to me. Broncos could never make this work. They'd be paying $50 million to wide receivers and this, that, and the other thing. And, and I, I, I'm just like, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. If you're trying to win, especially the more that you're, the closer you are to winning, the less real the salary cap becomes. The salary cap, in my opinion, is honestly just a crutch for um, teams that aren't very good to have an excuse to not spend more money to be better. Uh, so no, 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 no. To... let's guys let's let's believe in the salary cap in, in in this instance right here because the Packers are in salary cap hell right now and they're going to be this coming year. So so let let's believe the salary cap is real where they they you know they don't have to trade Aaron Rodgers. Of course they can work anything out to keep Aaron Rodgers, but it's going to be tough for them to keep Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams. And we know for the Packers to keep Aaron Rodgers, they're going to have to do everything to make him happy and Devonte Adams is one of his dudes right now oh, obviously yeah. I'm mm-hmm. sure they can work through it but if Devonte Adams wants to be the highest paid guy and wants his money now 
that's going to be tricky. Maybe they would have to then cut a David Bakhtiari or something like that in order to make it happen. Again, they could probably work around these, but when we talk about salary cap, the Broncos are actually in a much, much better position than the Green Bay Packers in order to put something together for multiple guys. And don't forget, for the Packers and, and Broncos and everybody as well, you have all the new contracts that kick in with revenue starting next year as far as television. And so even though there's a little bit of a spread out pandemic hit, we're about to see that big bump on the other side of the new television contracts that would kick in in terms of sal- in terms of salary cap impact in 23, 24 and beyond. So that and I think because of that, because of the expected room the teams are going to have, anybody can kind of even the Packers to put things together can kick the can down the road a little bit, knowing that there's going to be more room coming on the other side. Yeah, of course. And again, it's just, it's not real. You can do whatever you want. Just move things around more money. By the way, Broncos will have a new owner, presumably with plenty of cash, um, which is the actual most important part of making the salary cap fake uh, is just cash on hand. Can you, you know, pay things out in signing bonuses and things of that mm-hmm. nature? Um, okay. So then, quickly though you would be paying a lot of money to wide receivers and quarterback i mean uh, you know what you'd probably be like half of your cap uh towards those four guys right there and again just doesn't really matter um but it's interesting that you know both of these scenarios have included jerry judy when for the broncos it would probably make more sense from a cap perspective and you know, maybe from a talent perspective, that's up for debate, to send a Cortland Sutton instead of Jerry Judy. But maybe, Zach, that goes to what you were talking about with the Packers not necessarily having cap space. Also, for for you guys, uh, from an outsider perspective, not for the Broncos, for another team, who's more valuable, in your opinion? Who who would you want more? Jerry Judy going into his third season or Cortland Sutton? On a, on a monster deal, but you, you could you could say if he plays up to that deal, it's actually an affordable deal. Uh, and going into his fourth season, who who would you guys want more? Who do you think is more valuable? Because to me, Jerry Judy's more valuable still uh, right now. So that's why I think Jerry Judy's being the one traded away is because he just he gets the most value. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's definitely well. From a talent perspective, I'm going Judy um, because I think that, you know, if used in the right way, like I tweeted this out, watching Jalen Waddle last night, um, they literally played him at every position, damn near every position other than quarterback and a quarterback last night. They lined him up all over the field. They threw it to, they threw it to him out of the backfield on third and short. Mm-hmm. They gave him a, a little flip pass at the goal line for a touchdown. And I'm just watching that being like, oh, my God. I know Jerry's watching this game because Jalen Waddle says, guy, he's got to just be pounding his head against into it. Right. He's got to be pounding his head against the wall saying, like, how can my team not figure out it? He should have just screen recorded those clips and send them to Pat Shermer and be like, please figure something out. Get me the ball like this. So. I do think do Jerry. Think, Judy, do you think? Do you think Judy stood up from his couch and started to waddle when uh when Jalen got the touchdown? Probably he's kind of that's an all time celebration. Uh, uh, um, but finally, uh, yeah. So the only thing I'll say against that is the Packers will be you know moving into the Jordan Love era, and there's no guarantee of any sort of success there. So you might like having the the long term contract on Cortland Sutton, keeping him around. Um, whereas, 
I guess you'd have what you'd have Jerry for three, would wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah you would. Three you, years you, can, you keep the, the fifth, fifth year option. Okay, and that, so I mean, he wouldn't be same. cheap in year five, but you'd right. you have the ability to keep him around, and and I think and and I, and like it or not, contract value does matter in which players are more valuable to the to the Packers. And you know, Cortland Sutton, he's getting he he's not elite wide receiver one, and certainly we we'll see on the Devontae Adams contract that. That's what an elite wide receiver one's contract is going to look like. I think SpotTrack.com has his estimated market value at twenty six and a half million dollars a year. So yeah, that's yeah, I, that's well, a spicy meatball. Th- th- there's no doubt about that, and and people may say, well, Cortland's only fifteen. Well, DeAndre Hopkins is twenty seven yeah. million, and Devontae Adams isn't going to want to settle for fifteen if DeAndre is getting twenty seven. <laughs> so. I think if we're realistically thinking about this, we, we got to be thinking 26 to 28 million for Devonte. Yeah. And in the comments here, you know, like everyone has an idea, like uh, J 27 saying the Broncos aren't giving away Judy in this scenario. They just absolutely would. They just absolutely would. Um, you give away anyone for Aaron yeah. Rodgers I mean, or for Russell Wilson. Yeah. I, I see some, like I see one comment saying, I see them right there. J 27. See him asking for Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler. No, I look KJ Hamler right now coming off the knee injury and having the hamstring problems before KJ Hamler has almost no value right now yep. on the trade market. Yeah, I'm well, sorry to say. And he, here's the thing. Uh, it's well, not wanting to give away Jerry Judy. Now this would never happen because the Packers wouldn't want these guys in return for Aaron Rodgers. but you give away Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler, and Tim Patrick in order to get Aaron Rodgers. Again, they're not going to want four wide receivers when they're trading their quarterback, but you would do that. And then you use your second and your third round pick next year to go get wide receivers, and you can find very good wide receivers. Just look at Cortland Sutton. Just look at Devontae Adams in the second, in the third rounds. You get a free agent because free agents are going to want to come here. You give away anyone. Yeah, I mean, you really you really would. Um, especially if you've already decided like you're going to go down this path. Um, if you're not in the, you know, if you're in the camp, which I've seen some Broncos fans, I, I, it, it shocks me. Um, but like, oh, we, we don't want to go for a quarterback who just has three years left, et cetera, et cetera. Um, then, yeah, then maybe you, um, you don't want to give away those guys. But if you've made the decision that you're going after Aaron Rodgers, you're saying we want to win a Super Bowl in the next two to three years, and you're giving whatever you have to get give away to do it. And Ryan, on top of that, uh, some people view Rogers football life expectancy at two to four years, potentially in the Woody page article, he throws out that you're signing uh, Rogers to a six year contract. Now you signed Peyton Manning to a five year contract and Peyton ended up playing four of those years. So he didn't see the whole contract, but still, if you're signing Rogers to a six year contract, could he burn out after two years? Sure, but in his mind, when he signs that, you got to think that he has at least four years in mind, right? If you sign in a six-year deal? I would think so. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. It- One other thing that I wanted to talk about, and if you guys have any other you know, little sticking points that you wanted to bring up, um, there are reports out there that Devontae Adams would love to reunite with Derek Carr. Of course, those two played uh together in college um and so you know that's one more thing there's no guarantee i guess that uh Devonte adams would want to follow aaron Rodgers, but man that would be a uh 
a mistake on his part, in my opinion, if you'd rather play with Derek Carr than uh, than Aaron Rodgers, continue to go Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it, it certainly would be. I don't know what he would be thinking, but maybe that's a fallback option for him. If he can't play with mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, or let's say Aaron Rodgers right. stays in Green Bay, and let's say Devontae Adams, because we know he's very frustrated with Green Bay. He says, no chance I'm staying in Green Bay. That could be a good fallback. But what also we don't know is there's a chance Derek Carr is playing somewhere else next year. There's a chance he's not even playing in Las Vegas. And so uh, that would obviously throw Devontae Adams up in the air. Maybe that would make it more likely he plays some w- with Derek. Maybe that makes it less likely. Heck, maybe it's Derek and Devontae in Denver. And just thinking out loud here, maybe even though Devontae Adams gets along well with Aaron Rodgers, maybe he's just ready for a change. Maybe he's ready for a different quarterback. And that's somebody that he likes going all the way back to Fresno State. And that. That's something that may be in play as well. Yeah, yeah, right, it Zach. absolutely could be. That that's what we would call foolish. But Mace, I don't think you're foolish for saying that. I just yeah. think that'd be foolish for Devontae. I agree. Yeah, because he Devontae's on a Hall of Fame trajectory with with Aaron Rodgers, and I can't imagine him replicating what he was with Aaron Rodgers with with Carr. I mean, Rodgers is a potential Hall of Famer. Carr is, as Peter King would say, he's had Carr's headed for the Hall of Very Good, but not the Hall of Fame. There's uh, a difference right. between the two. Zach, they're they're coming after you in the chat, so uh, we need answers right now. We've got uh, Levon, we've got Will Jock in there, we've got Brian in there. All these guys are sending money, super chats, to get you to either. It, say on this live that you have re-signed your players uh, and, we're, and we're ready to advance or to vote in the poll in the Madden chat. Um, this is a pressing matter that we must get to right now. The, 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 what, what poll are we talking about? Because I voted in a poll last night. Now, I don't think it you was what no. the... <laughs> yeah, I know. I voted no. I was going to say, I don't think it was the vote everyone wanted. Uh, but you know what, Ryan? I will drop everything after should i just drop this pod right now and and and, and go pick up the controller no i'll, I mean, I'll we, drop they paid everything like 10 bucks for that so <laughs> it's <laughs> true i will get my players resi- although i think they're already resigned but i don't want to send those guys to the open market and have their price drive up 10 times so i will do that right after this pod all right look at that you guys you know you bang the table you mm-hmm. get what you want um <laughs> uh, another place where you might see people banging tables the DNVR bar because they're chanting, they're getting hyped, they're getting excited for the game, um, and uh, we're back open. We are excited to have you guys. We've got the Nuggets still in action. Uh, about the only team um, in Colorado that's playing this week until the Broncos play again, of course. Um, so, oh, Air Force, we got Air Force. Uh, I believe in a bowl game tonight, unless that got canceled too. Um, so yeah, uh, check out. The DNVR bar, come hang out. Watch the Nuggets right now. Come watch the Broncos on Sunday. Always a great time over there. And uh, you can get your Breck brews. You can get some of our great burgers. Uh, I love the wings. We got the new Mad Dog sauce, which I was banging the table for because I said we needed a hotter wing sauce. Now we have an adequately hot wing sauce. Uh, So come hang out with us at the DNVR bar. You might run into one of us. You might run into one of the Nuggets guys, anyone down there. Uh, It's always a great time, so come hang out. 
guys something else that is a great time is winning money over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And I really wish I would have given out my DraftKings pick of the week yesterday because I promise you guys I was all over the Dolphins minus three. I actually got it minus one and a half last week, but even the minus three, it was so, so juicy. And then, yeah, Ian Book delivered. Thank you, Ian for looking really bad and it's wild that the Dolphins are the first team in NFL history to have a seven game losing streak and a seven game win streak in the same season how is that like I can't even comprehend it can you imagine the tone of this podcast after a seven game <laughs> losing streak for the Broncos to, to which, I think start the season too we've never even I don't think we've ever, we've had that we've never had seven right we, there was a six game losing streak at one point it was, it was eight, uh, eight games. It was eight oh, games. Okay, okay. But then, yeah, eight games, and they, because they started three and one, and they got to three and nine back in 2017. And that was the longest losing streak in Yikes. 50 years. Well, so what's the longest winning streak that, that we've had since covering the team in 2016? It, would it be three? Four? Uh, three. Four, probably, at the start of the 2016 season. So, oh, right. I mean, you guys started off with a bang, and then. Zach wasn't on the pod then, though. Um, no, so no. That was that was me and BK. I remember oh. because I, I told him on the podcast, maybe I jinxed everything. I said, like, uh, they were 4-0. I forget, who were they playing the next week? They were playing uh, Atlanta. Yeah, and, and uh, I said something along the lines of, like, if they win this week, like, people are going to get bored. Um, and it was true. Like, our numbers were going down because people were just like, okay, yeah, wake me up at, when it's Super Bowl time again. And yep. then mm. everything fell apart from there. What happens no, Ryan, when you I take success for sleeping. granted? You can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so true. People are still waiting for that Super Bowl. So uh, that, that that's where all of our listeners are. But guys, uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook paid me out last night and they want to pay you out. If you bet $5 on any NFL team to win and they win this week, You'll get $200 in free bets on top of your winnings of that bet. So head to the App Store now. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this offer. Also, get in on the same game parlays. No Thursday night football this week, but Sunday football is going to be packed. But don't worry, you don't have to wait till Sunday to get in on the action. There's bowl games today, tomorrow, Thursday. And then, of course, we got Alabama playing on Friday. And then, of course, the New Year's Six Bowls. You can get in on all the action over at DraftKings Sportsbook. So head to the App Store now and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR to get the $200 in free bets when you place $5 on an NFL team and they win. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, guys, I want to get into our draft kicks pick of the week this week because I've messed around with this the last couple of weeks and tried to get cute, tried to be fancy. Uh-uh. None of that for me today. What I'm doing is I'm going back to what won me money yesterday. I'm going with the Miami Dolphins this coming week to beat or at least cover the spread against the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee the Dolphins are three-point underdogs. It's floating three, three-and-a-half. If you can grab them at three-and-a-half, I would do that in a heartbeat because, guys, I, I like the Dolphins to keep it at least a three-point game, if not just straight-up win. Love that. Love that. And, yeah, I was with you last night. I uh, hammered the Dolphins. Uh, as aggressive as I've gone on any pick in the DraftKings Sportsbook era, 
Um, and that, that felt really good. It felt really good. And the um, good thing about that was you never had to worry about it. Right. I mean, Ian, Ian Book throws his first pass, and you're like, thank you. Thank you. Yep. Great. Game over. <laughs> yeah. um and it, and it would have been that was enough uh enough points right there off the pick six uh, <laughs> yeah. to to, uh, to win the game um okay so i've got two for you um mm. now one is a feel good pick and one is a feel less bad pick let me explain uh nuggets taken on the warriors tonight 8 p.m uh, and if there's one thing that I know about Nuggets Warriors matchup, this is the feel less bad pick, is that Steph Curry <laughs> owns the Nuggets. Now he pretty much owns everyone, but it feels like he specifically hates the Nuggets. I don't know what we did to deserve this. <laughs> um, and that's why I don't like him. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, I don't know what we did to deserve this, but it feels like he just really enjoys hurting us. Um, so his his over under set at twenty nine and a half points tonight. Um, He's going to go over that. So if you have money on that, you'll feel less bad when it happens. It's a feel less bad pick. Um, but if you don't like that, which I understand, um, and you want a feel good pick, well, then you go into the rebounds category, take our guy, our king, Nikola Jokic, uh, to go over 13 and a half rebounds. It is wild that his number is set this high in this day and age. Yeah, he's got back-to-back 20.20 rebound games. Uh, and the... Golden State Warriors aren't even really interested in the center position. Uh, so he's just going to gobble up rebounds all night. Uh, that'll be an easy over. He'll probably go for 20 again. That is insane. That is set at 13 and a half. And it's too low. <laughs> wow. That's what his average. Oh, that is insane. Yeah, it's crazy. All right. I mean, I don't know. I think it's hard to, like, place bets right now with – um covid wreaking havoc games being canceled players being you know, players being pulled out etc so i don't we're gonna we're gonna go for the ashes and cricket i'm gonna take england 11 to 2 over australia in their uh, next match match test match in the ashes which on which is on january the 4th but it's like I, I mean i look at foot i look at nfl games i'm like I, I don't know who's gonna play in any of these games this weekend yeah well that's why it's hard to make picks that far yeah. ahead um, which is an advantage for me because I've I, I've never been a picks in advance guy. Yeah. Um, I like to have my money until right before the game, put it down for the mm-hmm. game, and then get it back after the game. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, the thing is, you can really mine these things. Mm-hmm. Last night, I I just couldn't believe it that it was set at three points. Um, because not only did the Saints not have a quarterback, which right then if if they had every other player and we're still starting Ian Book, I still would have taken the Dolphins at minus three. But they were also ravaged across the entire team. Uh, blew my mind. And I hit the under, too. And I parlayed the spread and the under. So um, it, was, it was a great night. It was a great night. All righty, then. Also, right. I want to tell you, of course, about Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Is Christmas ale still around, guys? I mean, it's we're past Christmas, but you can still oh, yeah. Christmas ale, right? Yeah, it's still. Oh yeah, I, I I I finished off one of those uh, one of those kegs last week. Yeah, you can. <laughs> still, but you probably still... going to say last night. I was like, wow, oh, <laughs> yeah. Are you doing <laughs> okay there? Yeah, we know you're yeah, a little under the weather. Under, under the weather rough today. today. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you can still get those Christmas ale kegs at uh, plenty of stores around uh, Colorado and beyond. If you want to find out where to get those Breck beers whether it's Christmas ale, whether it's any of their regular flavors that they have 12 months a year, 
check out the Breck Beer Finder on the Breckenridge Brewery website, and you're going to find probably someplace not too far from you that has those delicious Breck brews. I've had no trouble finding Breckenridge Breweries. Availability of beers available pretty much anywhere in any, or at least any any major city in the country that I've been to, and I've checked on that. So you want to check out the Breck Beer Locator to find out where you can get those delicious Breckenridge Brews. Of course, come on down to the MVR Bar if you want a little more Breck Brew for your money because you can get the big beer for the price of a small beer if you're a DNVR member. And, of course, if you can't make it to the DNVR Bar because you're in the Denver area, check out the farmhouse that's at their brewery down in Littleton. They've got great uh, they got great deals. They're socially distanced. They're set up. Uh, and if you want to go – if you want to – just take out, no problem. Use the code DNVR when you call in your order and you get $5 off your meals. Check out the farmhouse and check out all the beers from Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. All right. Zach, you had mentioned that you have another thought you wanted to bring up on this Hackett Rod. Oh, we got to talk about Hackett, too, uh, unless that's where you were going. Rogers, Adams, Judy, first round pick scenario. What do you got for me? That's exactly where I'm going with this is Nathaniel Hackett. Now, I have nothing against Nathaniel Hackett, but I, I'm a little confused at why people think that you need to land Aaron Rodgers off. It. And, and, and now neither of these suggested that you have to land Nathaniel Hackett in order to get Aaron Rodgers. But I don't think that he needs to be paired with Nathaniel Hackett. Look, Aaron Rodgers has had many issues with the Green Bay Packers, and certainly it does seem like his issues stem from management, not the coaching staff. But if he loved this coaching staff so, so much, so dearly, couldn't imagine life without them, he wouldn't have done this this past offseason. He would have said, you know, F you to management, but I'm coming back to the Green Bay Packers. And he didn't do that. Now he ended up going back. But what I'm saying is I don't think the Broncos have to hire Nathaniel Hackett in order to get Aaron Rodgers. And on top of that, not just I don't think they have to, but you're just simply not going to know if you're going to be able to land Aaron Rodgers and let when you hire a head coach unless – Somehow you get the intel that says uh, that Aaron Rodgers tells you he will demand a trade from the Packers and he will demand to only go to the Denver Broncos if they get Nathaniel Hackett. If you get that intel, of course you hire Nathaniel Hackett. You hire Dan Quinn if that's what Russell Wilson says. You do that. I just don't think at the beginning of January, all of these pieces are going to be in place. So I think that, and this is kind of a caution to Broncos fans, if Broncos fans keep Vic Fangio or they go a different direction outside of Nathaniel Hackett or Dan Quinn for Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett for Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't mean the Broncos aren't going to land these guys. I just think, I think that notion has been pushed a little too much that you have to hire the head coach based off getting one of these guys. Well, I think what you're trying to do though, is you're trying to create a situation where the player is going to say yes. And I think in particular Russell Wilson, because with Wilson the Broncos, according to reports, were not on his radar in the past offseason when he was considering potential spots. And a coach hire could make that more amenable to him. There hasn't been kind of the same sense of that with Aaron Rodgers, but at the same time, if Rodgers is, a, but either of these guys is probably going to effectively choose their destination. And if hiring a coach makes that possible, then you, you think long and hard about it. That being said, if you do that, you have to be comfortable with the coach if you don't get one of these elite quarterbacks. And certainly right. Hackett, what if I told you guys that I, if that Nathaniel Hackett was the play caller for the number two offense in football one year when Blake Bortles was his quarterback? 
Yeah, I was going to say, i just been yeah. looking at his yes. resume this morning, and I am extremely impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you always worry about these offensive coordinators that are paired up with great quarterbacks. And you say, yeah, well, anyone can look good with Aaron Rodgers. But Mace, you, you bring up the point. He was in Jacksonville. He brought he helped bring Jacksonville to the AFC Championship game. The fact that that even happened seems incomprehensible. And they fired um, him the next bit part way through the next year. I mean, the offense was struggling, but you know, all things kind of come back to earth. And Blake Bortles came back to there. There's only so much you can do. Whereas, like the discussion with Pat Shermer, for example, is that you look at his career as a play caller. So play caller means you take out those years with Chip Kelly in Philadelphia. He's never had an offense that is ranked higher than 11th in total offense. And, yeah, he hasn't had great quarterbacks. But here you have Nathaniel Hackett with Blake Bortles in 2016. They're 11th in offense. In 2017, they're second in offense. And Blake Bortles can't get more than a practice squad emergency COVID quarterback gig right now. Yep. What does that say about Hackett? You add in the fact that um, they also had the best running game in the league that year. Um, that'll, you know, help some Broncos fans because obviously, you know, even if you bring in Aaron Rodgers, you still want to be able to use Javante Williams, and, and mm-hmm. you know, you, and you can run, you can still run the ball. Um, you like the fact that he comes out of that, you know, kind of West Coast offense world, mm-hmm. which is something that's very comfortable to the Broncos, and you know, people, a lot of people have wanted to see the Broncos kind of move into. Mm-hmm that new age of the West coast um, that yeah. you're seeing in LA that you're seeing in San Francisco that you're seeing in green Bay. That's exciting. And you know what else is exciting to me? So 42 years 50? old, 42 <laughs> years old. I uh, knew you were going to bring that up. How is he? He has an insane resume for being 42. A lot of coaches don't even crack their way into legitimate positions until they're 42 years old. Um, so you know he's got that going. Also, he's got the Stanford. right last. He's got the right last name, though. That's <laughs> that. That's oh, the sorry. Name. Yeah, he didn't go to Stanford. He just worked at Stanford. Yeah, he he worked at Stanford. He went to I think. Uh, UC he went Davis. to UC, UC Davis. Davis, but remember yeah. his father. His father was a longtime college and NFL head coach. His father was Paul Hackett, who coached who coached Pitt, coached SC, but also was an offensive coordinator with a, with at least two NFL teams and a quarterback coach for a bunch more. So. He, you know what? That's the kind of thing that allows you to get an early start. Is when your old man is yeah. has been in the NFL for a long time. That that gave him, with all respect, and certainly he is accomplished and he's done a lot. He, he's done a lot with his opportunity, but he did get an opportunity earlier than a lot of people would have because of just, his familial connections. Just so like that, Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I was going to say, you're telling me that's how three Kubiaks are in the NFL still? I don't <laughs> buy it. I think they all just uh, work their way up. No, I definitely buy it. So, guys, I, I, I'm totally fine with Nathaniel Hackett's resume. The one that scares me is the name I've mentioned a couple times, Dan Quinn. Yeah. If the Broncos go for Russell Wilson, try to get him, they move on from Vic Fangio, why are you moving on from Vic Fangio if you're going to hire another defensive guy? The the only reason outside of try, trying to lure Russell Wilson here would be for the game management stuff. How good would the Broncos be right now if Vic Fangio was really good at game management on top of what he's done with the defense? They would probably have a couple, maybe one or one, two more maybe wins. maybe two more wins. Yep. Each season, potentially, okay. What what's that get you? I mean that that gets you a seven and nine pick last year. And so the defense that, probably takes a small step back. 
Exactly. And that's the thing, especially from where the defense is right now. You, you, you can't really ask the defense. Sure, the, the rush defense did not live up to their job last week. They've been bend, don't break. But at the end of the day, points is what matters. And they are tied with the Patriots for best defense in the NFL at 17 points per game. So you would be asking him to come in and do better on defense to me? No. So you would be asking him to one, manage the game better. That doesn't take you from missing the playoffs to competing for Super Bowls. And two, you'd really just be asking him to come in and hire a better offensive coordinator, right? That, so that, it, that's it, huge though. That I think no offense. I'm not sorry to interrupt. I thought you were coming to an end there, but that that's huge. Like Dan Quinn has had a very good track record of hiring offensive coordinators. I mean, he had Shanahan Yes, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, he replaced Kyle Shanahan the, immediately after that. The Falcons still had a top 10 offense. They were number seven in the league in total offense. He's he's had a good feel for offensive coordinators. And, I mean, Vic really only got the one higher as OC because Scangarello was kind of foisted on him. But I trust Dan Quinn's instincts on this more than Vic Fangio's. Yes, but you don't have, it's not one or the other. George Payton, I think, is going to have a pretty big input in the next offensive coordinator. So I, I don't think you're going to be relying uh, on a head coach to make that call that much right now. So I, I just, I think that I, that's a scenario I don't like, unless you find unless out from back channels yeah. that Russell Wilson says, if Dan Quinn goes to Denver, I will absolutely just have tunnel vision on Denver and make it so that's where I ended up. Then, of course, you you you, you can hire you know my unborn kid to be the head coach if that's going to be the case because the Broncos are going to be fine as long as they have Russell Wilson. But that's just that's the scenario that scares me more than Nathaniel Hackett. If you get Nathaniel Hackett and don't get Aaron Rodgers, I think you could still be going in the right direction. There's another thing also with Quinn and the one thing that you hear from ev- from pretty much everybody that has been around him, that has been in the lock, locker room with him, is that he does a great job of connecting with players on an individual basis. I mean, it, the, the stories are, are, are legion of how he reaches out to people and, and, and how he really connects with those guys. I mean, uh, Tyler Columbus has talked about this. He, I, think he played ba- I think he played about an offseason and a month of the regular season with Dan Quinn. And thinks the and, and thinks the world of him even right down to how Dan how Dan Quinn informed Tyler that he was being cut at midseason if that led him to come back to the Broncos for those last two thirds of 2015 to get that ring. But that's the sort that's the sort of thing that I, frankly I think the Broncos are missing is that kind of that that kind of connection. That's something that Vic Fangio has kind of struggled to have with his players and. You can't measure that. There's not a number that we can put on that. It's not like we can say, oh, it means one game here, one game there. They had this get, like kind of with game management, we can point to snafus and say that might have made a difference, that et cetera. But that's something that like when when thing when things are down, you get the sense that the team can maybe rally a little bit more with a coach like Dan Quinn kind of keeping that fire enthusiasm than with the style that Vic Fangio presents. There, there's no doubt, and, and I could see why the intangibles are certainly better than than Vic Fangio, and there's certainly things that the Broncos are missing with Vic and this staff, but the thing they're missing the most, in my opinion, is offense. Offense, offense, offense. That's what they need in or this QB. NFL. So that, that's, QB. Why I'm just, that's why I'm so <laughs> pro-offense if you make yeah. a change, and even if you don't make a change, you're going to be making a change at offensive coordinator. You guys want to know a fun fact? Um, it's extra fun for me. 
Uh, of the top 10 offenses in the NFL, nine of them are currently in the playoffs. You know who the 10th is? Fun for you. Okay. Um, Chargers? Yeah, Chargers. <laughs> nine out of the top 10 offenses in 2021 are playoff teams. This is an yeah. offensive league. Of course, it's great to have a great defense. Uh, and, and you want, you know, you want that. Um, you want to keep this defense great. You want to be able to stop Mahomes and Herbert um, like mm-hmm. uh, Vic Fangio has shown the ability to do. But you got to have offense in this world. Um, and what I'll say to, to the, you know, to maybe tie a bow on this, Zach, um, as to your point, you have to be able to do this. And it's not easy because I don't, I don't even know if it's possible, but George Payton has to be able to look at these candidates and say, would they be my top candidate? If the quarterback wasn't attached to them, because there's no yep. guarantee of getting the quarterback. And so he gets paid a lot of money. Um, he needs to be able to say, take the quarterback completely away, put all of the pros and cons of every, you know, get out the old yellow notepads, line down the middle, pros on one side, cons on the other. And then if you, if if then you look at Dan Quinn with nothing about Russell Wilson on there and say, he's my top candidate, then go for him. And if you look at Nathaniel Hackett and you say, he's my top candidate, then go for him. I'll of course lean towards Hackett, but you know, it would be unfair to not mention that Dan Quinn has coached a team to a Super Bowl. Uh, which Nathaniel Hackett doesn't right. have anything close to that on his resume. Uh, and Dan Quinn would probably be a Super Bowl champion if it wasn't for Kyle Shanahan. Uh, so, um, there, you know, there are pros and cons uh, of all these guys. And, and you just have to be able to completely separate yourself from the quarterback. And maybe if there's a tie, you use the quarterback as a tiebreaker. Yeah, yeah. And no offense, I just want offense. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, but the other thing, like you mentioned on the defensive, on the on offense versus defense, some of the top 10 defenses right now, Carolina, um, Denver, Cleveland, Chicago. Those are actually four of the top nine. So, I mean, ideally you're going to have both, but if you have to have one, you're going to, you're going to choose, you're going to choose offense. And uh, uh, the one thing I can say about Dan Quinn is that uh, you can see in Atlanta, he didn't neglect the offense there as a defensive coach. And and, and that, I think, is a good sign. I think you do want a coach. If you hire a defensive coach, you want someone who's got that big-picture perspective. One thing I wanted to bring up to you guys really quick, did you see the reports that Jacksonville's already interviewing uh, Doug Peterson and Jim Caldwell? Yep, Broncos are already behind. Yep, Mace, and they're both offensive coaches. Yep, yep. Yeah. And, Mace, it's exactly why. I know some yeah. people are saying it's not a big deal to wait till the final, t- mm-hmm. till the season's over. You're putting yourself in a hole. Whether you like it or not, if you know you're moving on from Vic, do it now. That's why, again, why Mason and I had this conversation yesterday. Vic, George Payton, he's got to not be certain that he's moving on from Vic or else he's making a mistake right now. Yeah, and and I've seen um, some media members even saying it makes no sense to fire the coach now. What do you mean? It makes no sense to not fire him now unless you aren't ready to make a decision. And honestly, that's disappointing to me if you're not ready to make a decision. Yeah, this this would, sure, you can make this argument last year before this rule was in place. Now you are behind it. There's a chance that that uh, Sean Khan can, could absolutely convince Doug Peterson, this is the place you want to be, and then right when the season's over, hire him before the Broncos can even get an interview with him. Something like that could absolutely happen. What I would just say is I think any offensive coach would rather go coach Trevor Lawrence than QBX 
um, that the Broncos are going to have anyway. So they're already behind the eight ball in that regard, but they're making it worse for themselves by potentially not even getting to interview these guys. It, it's a bit frustrating unless, you know, there have been some good points brought up as to why the Broncos wouldn't move on uh, from Vic Fangio, mostly relating to ownership. Um, you know, do the, you know, Mike Kliss brought it up yesterday, what we had talked about earlier in the week on the podcast, which is, are the Broncos going to, isn't, are the Broncos going to want to strap an owner to a five, four, five, six year contract with a new coach? It's kind of weird. Um, so they might be kind of in no man's land here, which again, disappointing in my opinion, an organizational failure if that happens. Okay. Last thing I want to bring up about this trade before we move into the comments Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, Albert O, Javante Williams. Are are the 2013 record safe against that team? <laughs> With an extra game? No. <laughs> no chance. Better running game, in my opinion. Um, no, Sean was really good that year, though. Guys. He was really good. He, he was, was really, really good. good. And, of course, you're going to be really good when – Teams, you know, have to play nickel and dime on every single play. But remember all the times he was jumping over people, though. Mm. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from No. Yeah, that. Awesome. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't. I don't want to like denigrate No. Sean because that was the year he looked like a first round pick. Finally, I mean, the yep. the thing with with him is the poor guy couldn't stay healthy. But I'll there was that take, that moment. I'll still take Javante, especially when we're talking about them having to play nickel and dime on so many plays because Javante already breaks tackles from defensive linemen. How you know? How are these? uh corners gonna tackle him on the edge i love that um so then you've got uh demarius um julius thomas wes welker mm-hmm. and eric decker versus Devonte adams Cortland sutton tim patrick and noah fant what i'm gonna say here might sound like blasphemy to some bronco fans but Devonte adams alone makes that better because he's better than anybody else in either of those two groups. Yeah, I mean, he would be the most he'd be the best receiver in Broncos history in terms guys, of the player I'm, that they got on the field. I'm not going to Unless do we this count preseason Jerry Rice. <laughs> I'm not doing this to Peyton. Peyton Peyton's better than Rodgers and would mm-hmm. be able to put up more Star Wars numbers. I can't do it. I can't do it. You guys know that I can't do that. And on top of that, so Ryan, you you lay out all the position groups that the Broncos have and how great they would be. And you say, well, the offensive line has struggled a bit. Woody Page suggests that they use their second and third round pick to trade up in the first round next year and get Charles Cross, the offensive tackle from Mississippi State. So there you go. The offensive line gets a big boost. Sure. Great. Um, Best kept secret, though, is that the offensive line doesn't really matter when you have an elite quarterback. It matters, mm-hmm. but you don't have to have an elite offensive line. Just look at what Peyton did. Well, remember, yeah, because in 2011, I think PFF had the Broncos O-line as one of the league's worst, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and then a year later, they're one of the league's best. Right. And the, and, and, and the biggest change was J.D. Walton getting hurt four games into the season and Dan Copen coming in. Yeah, it's, yeah. you know, um, Garrett Bowles suddenly looks like he was worth that whole contract all over again. Bobby Massey is a pro bowler. Oh, you can get uh, by with Bobby Massey at right tackle if you got Aaron Rodgers. You're just fine. Yeah, uh, keep, keep signing him to one-year deals until the until he says, I don't want to play anymore. Cush looks like a genius. Wow. Miners is awesome. Cush looks like, like a genius after what we saw today. on Sunday. He does. <laughs> he does. So, you know, they have, they have plenty at offensive line, in my opinion if they were able to get to that. Yeah. 
All right, guys. Let's dream. Um, George Payton going to have to be making a lot of phone calls to make this happen. Um, and so might I suggest for our guy, GP, Mint Mobile. Uh, what the what the best thing is for him is, you know, he, he can, I assume the Broncos uh, pay for his phone bill. He could save the Broncos money so then they can better afford to go get Devontae Adams by switching over to Mint Mobile. And even better for, uh, for George here, he's going to be very busy these next three months. Well, if they buy three months, they're going to get these first three months free. So, incredible deal from our friends over at Mint Mobile. Why they're able to be so much cheaper than any other provider is because they just took out the middleman. They said, you know what? We don't need to pay for land and space and all that and create stores that no one wants to go to anyway. We'll do everything online, and we'll save all that money, and then we'll let our customers save the money uh, as well. So, yeah, sign up for Mint Mobile with plans as low as $15 a month. It's legit. We've used it. All you got to do is insert the little Mint Mobile SIM card into the side of your phone, and you're good. You're ready to go. So uh, sign up again. Use the code DNVR and get three months free when you buy three months from Mint Mobile. And speaking of money, guys, our friends over at Ball are offering a fantastic opportunity to work for them with super competitive wages starting at $27.39 per hour with increases at 6, 12, 18 months on the job. And it offers exposure to a lot of other manufacturing opportunities in the plant. And of course, I'm talking about Ball is in the aerospace technology company, Ball is in Ball Arena, and they've got a plant here in Golden that they are hiring for. And you can also get your foot in the door, get a raise there, and then move around in the company, which is so key because they want you to build a career. And if you're looking for a career, you want a job with a great company, text GOLDEN to 77222 and you'll get linked to the open positions. Or you can go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. And on top of very competitive wages, they also have so many great benefits, including comprehensive insurance is active the day you're hired. You don't have to wait. You get 401 for retirement. You get stock purchase ownership and even potential for those annual bonuses on top of raises. So if you want a job that's paying over $27 an hour, check out jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. Did you not get what you wanted for Christmas? Let me ask you guys. Did you get what you wanted? Either of you, both of you. I almost got everything I wanted. Okay. Uh-oh. Zach? Uh, what, what, what's the gift you're looking for? Well, you know what? Maybe you're looking for something to take care of those footballs below the waist. Mm. And maybe your, your stocking was just filled with candy and Starbucks gift card or two. It's good stuff. But it's not what you really wanted or needed. You wanted to make sure that everything was trimmed and looking nice and feeling nice down below the waist. That's where our friends at Manscaped come in. Of course, it's still football season, and that means we're going for two with Manscaped, as in the uh, two balls that most most guys have. Blitzing through hairs has never been easier, and now it's time you join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. And you can use a code DNVR at manscaped.com to get 20% off and free shipping so you didn't get what you wanted or needed but manscape will take care of you you can make sure you get that gift and it'll be on its way to you uh post haste you'll get it right after the new year you're gonna start off the new year great by making sure everything in your undercarriage is nice and clean and ready to go so use the code dnvr manscape.com for 20 percent off and free shipping check out the performance package 4.0 that'll make sure you've got everything you need for a great grooming and hygiene routine to make sure the boys downstairs 
are smooth like Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. You get the brand new Lawnmower 4.0 here to take your defense of the balls to the next level. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. Of course, we told you about that four, that 7,000 RPM motor in the Lawnmower 4.0. It's got a multifunction on off switch, it's got travel lock, and you can turn a 4,000K LED spotlight on and off. So, hey, you need to shave in the dark? No problem. Manscaped will get you covered with that LED spotlight. It's also waterproof. So if you need to shave in the shower, shave in the rain, shave in the snow, I can't imagine why you'd want to do that. But if you do, I really want to, I think that's per, that's fascinating and perfectly fine. You can use the lawnmower 4.0 because it's waterproof. There's no 15-yard penalty for this clipping, and there's no penalty for clipping for clipping a coupon, as it were, by using the code DMVR, getting 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com to get yourself the gift that you really want and need after Christmas and before the new year, manscaped.com. All right, guys, let's jump into the comments, and we start with a, a few super chats that we got to hit. So let's hit those right off the bat here from Edward. What's up, guys? Rodgers and Adams would be nice. What would it take to get both of them keep up the good work? Well, uh, Adams is just going to be uh, cash money. Uh, which, again, if you have a new owner, you assume you're going to have plenty of that. Um, and then, yeah, we talked about it a little bit with Rodgers. Both Woody and Peter King have only mentioned two first-round picks, and if that's all it takes, uh, then, you know, congratulations. You got yourselves a steal. Yeah, that is incredible. Uh, I'd be willing to give up a f- first-round pick for every year that those guys play for you. So if you're only doing two, man, that's a deal. And, and the other thing uh, here is you should be rooting against Aaron Rodgers winning MVP because back-to-back MVP is going to cost more than two first-round picks. There's just no way around it. It's very true. So what, that means you're really cheering for uh, Patrick Mahomes to heat it up. You're cheering for Tom Brady to finish the season. Well, two, two of Broncos' favorites right there. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, um, yep. I think he deserves he co- should consideration. Be yeah. Cooper Cup who's possibly going to have the greatest wide receiver season of all time this year. You know what? I want to see somebody other than a quarterback get it. And I I understand if we're talking about value, positional value, I I get that. But it bothers me that basically MVP has become quarterback of the year. Let's spread it around. Let's spread the wealth a little bit here. Get some other guys some recognition. Well, I mean, in all reality, it it should be Derrick Henry. I mean, he he did enough those first half of the season (laughs) to prove it. He's still, I believe, third in the league in rushing yards. <laughs> that is insane. <laughs> it might be fourth, but he's definitely in the top five. But yeah, right now, wild. the odds are at DraftKings, Aaron Rodgers is four to seven. Jonathan Taylor, six to one. Tom Brady, 15 to two. Josh Allen's still 12 to one, as is Patrick Mahomes. So Cooper Cup's only 18 to one. He should, he should really be considered for that. He's been he amazing. Uh, all right, let's move on in the Super Chats. Also... You know, proud of the chat. It, we made it all the way to the third segment before people started fighting about Drew Locke in the chat. It's, it's a step in the right direction. All right, what's next? Uh, from Brian, my guy. Uh, of course, Brian from the Madden League. Uh, my guys, I just want to wish you a late happy holidays. Y'all are part of the daily joy in our lives. Also vote in the Madden chat. Um, we're, we're, everyone, we're good. As soon as this podcast ends, Zach's going to hop on there and uh, and take care of what he's got to take care of. I mean, you guys know how I operate. I I put it in my notes. So, and in fact, it just it just went off right now. So, I'm I'm gonna do it right after. There you go. Set like a 15 minute uh 
snooze on that thing. Yeah, uh, exactly. Will Jock, thank you, Zach. We love mm. you, bro. These, I mean, they're just throwing love money you, at you, Zach. <laughs> and I'll take care of business. From Steve, no receiver is more valuable than an elite quarterback. Damn right. Uh, John L.A. Oh, we lost it there for a second. John L.A. Uh, made Vance Johnson, Ricky Natil, Mark Jackson look elite. Demarius Thomas couldn't make Simeon look elite, although Demarius Thomas did have a thousand yard receiving season with Trevor Simeon. So did Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, yeah, they both did impressive. in 2016. Which is, they just didn't have anyone else over 400 yards. Wasn't Demarius, oh yeah, seriously, wasn't Demarius just a couple yards away from doing it the following season when not only was it Trevor, but it was Brock and Paxton Lynch? Yeah, he came very close. I mean, I was doing a countdown in week 17 again, that Chiefs game, and he actually did, he came close and he had the, he had the touchdown there at the end of Paxton Lynch's last NFL pass was a touchdown to Demarius. Wow, he went out on top just like John Elway. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, what's next? I think we I hit think, them all. I mean, so should we dive think, into the comments? Yeah, that, that's it. That's it for the yeah. That's it for the super chats in, in live. Although, like you guys said, I'm seeing the comments come in. Woo! It's getting spicy in there. Oh, it is getting spicy in there. All you do is all you got to do is just roll a little Drew Lock bomb in there, which we didn't even bring up his name. Someone else nope. in there. <laughs> no, in there. you didn't. <laughs> um, Jazzy Bronco comes in. Well, not the result that I wanted for my first live game. Disappointed that another season is over, but proud to be a part of Broncos country and the DNVR family. There are a lot of passionate fans ready to explode in that place, and it just never happened. The first half ending was awesome and took the air out of Raiders fans in that place. If we would have come out and got a three and out on the first drive, I think we win. We didn't get it done on offense, on defense, and on the sideline with the coaching loss all around, and the season ends. Hopefully this season we get quality replacements for three of the four most important positions in this organization. We need the right ownership, and George needs to find better coaching and a better QB. There you go. Yeah. I mean, we, I think we talked about uh, what better, better coaching, better ownership and uh, a better quarterback position could look like in the first segment. And man, I really feel like we're being dragged back down to earth after that conversation in the first two segments I'm so pumped, so happy. And then, Oh, okay. This is actually the, the reality of right now. Yeah, reality sucks. Um, <laughs> Nemo 3, realistically, what would it take to secure the number one overall pick in 2023, a.k.a. Bryce Young? If we get Bryce, we're done with that position for the next 15 years. Who cares about three years' worth of picks in the grand scheme of things? I think the closer we get to the 2023 draft, the more expensive the price to move up becomes. I'm not sure if this is fan base could handle another below-average and underwhelming season, but I'd be willing to tough it out if I knew we were finally going to be able to get our franchise QB, who would be cost-controlled for four to five years. What would it take? Honestly, luck. Luck is what it would take, in my opinion. And what I mean by that is you would have to guess who's going to be the number one overall pick next year right now and try to make a deal with them for their first round pick. That's that's the best I can do for you because I don't think whoever has that pick is going to give it up unless you know it's a quarterback injury type of thing and they already have their guy say it was the Jags again um, because Trevor Lawrence went down for, you know, nine games or something. I'll touch wood for him. Um, then I could see that happening, but then you're going to have to trade, you know, like you said, three first round picks, which I'm, I'd be fine with if you, if you went and got your guy, I just think you need luck. Well, yeah, you need luck. You know. I, I, the other thing also, I did the, I, I did an exercise on pro football networks draft, uh, you know, draft machine. And I said, okay, how many first-round picks can I get with if I punt the entire 22, 22 draft? Hmm. 
because you're sitting there, right? We got two thirds, two seconds, and of course, that, a first round pick that keeps going up in value. Now, I don't know if this, I don't think this is reality. I end up with I I punted the entire draft, and I had six first round picks for 2023. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. And, and that was when I thought, okay, yeah, a team with the number one overall pick. They may, I think even they would be hard pressed to turn down six first round picks. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've been seeing some crazy stuff like this unfold in the Madden league. Yes. Um, people will do uh, absurd things for a quarterback and, right. uh, and that would be one of them. I just don't mm. think you get the six first. I don't know how you possibly get six first round picks just for punting one draft. What you do. Well, the thing is it's kind of your packaging picks. Like for you start by trading down and then you trade down again and that picks up, and, and, and so all of a sudden you're adding up. And the other thing is that this year's picks are always more valuable than next year's picks, and this is where it went kind of out, out of out of kilter for reality. But I was able to turn those second and third round picks into first round picks next year. Yeah, I mean, it's No possible. chance you can turn a third yeah. round pick into a first. No, a two right. and a three. I would like a two and a three. Like one was like a two, a three, and a four for a one next year. Sure. And one was like sure. a two or three I, and two day three picks. I mean, I was thinking, I just, I literally punted the entire draft. I love it. We also know everything yeah. we see on pro football uh, on those mock drafts yeah. is uh, absolutely wild. I mean, I'm seeing every first round quarterback, people are already tagging me and there's every first round quarterbacks going pick like 57 and 62. It's like, yeah. Okay. The draft, the quarterback draft class isn't that bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. not that bad. Someone's going in the top 10, maybe even the top five. And that's why yeah. kind of the backup plan, if you don't get one of these elite quarterbacks that we've been talking about in recent pods with like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, if you let's, if you lose the next couple of games and you're sitting there with a top 10 pick, now you got something you can work with if you want to move up and make if you identify QB one if you want to make sure you get him you actually are in a position to do it if you finish seven and ten. All right, I want to move on. Uh, there's a few more things there, but we're a little bit strapped for time. So the next one here is from Coach Tobin. What is the difference between the Dolphins and the Broncos? They just seem to have a different vibe and moving in the right direction. We never seem to get that. I mean, I think the Dolphins really like their coach. Uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, the vibe check is different there. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Miami's, you know, it's all, it's usually got good vibes. Um, but I just think, yeah, they, they really like their coach. They respect their coach. He's like, he's, you know, it's not like he's some player's coach. He's a no nonsense guy. Um, but I also think there really is something to this. The Broncos look this, just hear me out here. The Broncos defense is better than the dolphins. So don't get that twisted, but I do think there is something to the aggress, the aggression that Brian Flores calls his defense with that fires up the team. You know, it's big blitzes all the time. It's man coverage across the board. It's zero, you know, all that stuff that like instills an attitude in your team that like we're, we are the aggressor. Now, again, it's not perfect. They had a seven game losing streak this year, but now they're on a seven game win streak. They caught the wave. um, And I think there's something to be said of, you know, that's Brian Flores's personality. He's aggressive. And he calls the game that way, and it it carries over into that team. It does. It really does. And also, they're, they're getting uh, pretty solid quarterback play from Tua as well. Uh, and they're just oh, playing really course. good complimentary football. And they have a creative offense. Very creative. 
Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. play at the goal line was uh, was money to use Philip Lindsay as a as a little uh, as a little trick there, and then you get Waddle with the ball. That's so easy. Phil almost fumbled last night, but still zero. <laughs> he kept it career. going. He kept it going. It actually really wasn't even that close, but uh, he, he he still still has the streak. It was close for him. Yes, exactly. Pismo Beach Bronco says, what a joke that game was. Where was the run game or any remote creativity? These are trying times, and I just wanted to say that I thought RK nailed it when he said Peyton wasted this season. I remember being in the middle of work when I got the news that we signed Teddy. I couldn't even focus the rest of the day. Why, you say? Because my anxiety was through the roof about that 500 would be our best-case scenario, yet here we are today. Us fans can't endure the unending torture that is Broncos football any longer. It, it isn't the 1950s anymore. The game has evolved. The 2000 2001- one Ravens, 2013 Seahawks, and 2015 Broncos were exceptions to the rule, and that they rode defense to championships. Even though the Seahawks had Wilson and the Broncos had PFM, the madness needs to end. Fans need to give up the cult-like hope that Drew is a franchise guy and also stop hating on Teddy. Comparing the two is like comparing a Kia to a Hyundai. We all need to be united here, not divided as fans. I sure hope the front office fixes these issues, finds a quarterback and a coach that has the offensive mind. It's so abundantly clear that that's what this team needs. Fans treat each other kindly. Remember the Broncos stink because the Broncos stink. It's not like our opinions shape the direction of the front office. Here's to taking the first step out of darkness and into the light. By the way, did you guys see uh, what Mina Kimes said uh, in reaction to uh... A, a, a tweet about Drew Locke yesterday? Yes. I did not. She like it, it, There was a tweet from uh, Patrick Claibon of, uh, of NFL Network who retweeted something about uh, from, uh, I think, from SI.com about, uh, about Vic Fangio's comments post-game about Drew Locke. And he said, some of the, these replies are amazing. And then Mina replied, wait, there's still a Drew Hive? Yeah, there still is. You know, the Broncos haven't give pe- given people a lot to believe in. Yeah. So they've hung, they've clinched on to the, you know, the one thing that they think might possibly be the answer at quarterback. I don't really blame people. There's, and you know, it's not going to be Teddy who's going to who's going to be something that you can attach your hope to. I don't blame people, but at the same time, when it, you're, it's viewed this way from outside, like it, that, it's just viewed as something completely absurd. Shouldn't that make everyone kind of take a step back and think, okay, hey, what are we, you know, what are we, what are we clinging to here? Maybe, maybe. Um, <laughs> by the way, I have to say that uh, Vic's com- the, the way that Vic talks about uh, Drew and the way that he talks about Teddy is questionable. Like that's not just fans cooking up <laughs> conspiracy theories. Yeah, that was like the the comment yesterday when I asked the question. We t- and Zach and I talked about this in the in the pod yesterday. I mean, I put it on a T for for Vic to say something nice about Drew. Because Vic had pointed out that they got beat the line of scrimmage, you know, that the, the running game wasn't working. And so I, I said, hey, in light of that, what do you, you know, how what did you think of Drew's performance? And and then he's and then we and he closes with we didn't quite make make the plays, but I wasn't terribly disappointed in his performance either. Obviously it could be better. Wasn't terribly disappointed. I mean, yeah, you can't have a comment more backhanded than what Vic had than what Vic had yesterday. It, of was, course it people, was wild. And people have gone back to that Chiefs game when the Broncos scored nine points, and, right? And you know, Vic 
and Teddy threw two interceptions, two bad, and well, one really bad interception. And then and, one was a tip at the line. I mean, yeah. that happens for any quarterback. And, and Vic was a lot more uh, easy on Teddy in that game. So, mm-hmm. and to be fair, I brought this up too. You know, the Broncos put up a hell of a lot more yards in that game. I think they put up 400 offensive yards in that game. So, yeah, you're going to feel a little bit better about the offense in general. But there's, I, it's not nothing. I don't think it's nothing that Vic mm-hmm. refuses to say anything nice about Drew. Well, I mean, that just clearly shows you what, what he thinks of him behind the scenes because we, we saw it. We all saw it on the field, and Vic sees it more behind the scenes than anyone, and, and we, we know how Vic feels about him. I personally, this, this is my conspiracy theory. This is my tinfoil hat. I think the relationship between Drew and Vic was completely fractured with the COVID thing last year. 100%. And, and honestly, I can't blame Vic for, for that being uh, a, a point of no return. I, I think I can. Uh, I can't. I that was he let down they, the quarterback room because it's not just, it's not just Drew. The quarterback room let down the entire team and organization, not just by what they did trying to get around it, but then trying to cover it up. Which, as I've also also said, given all the cameras that are around the Broncos facility, it's unbelievably stupid if you're trying be. to lie and get away with it because. If you can't see their cameras everywhere, there's something wrong. But Vic is culpable as well because he didn't keep a COVID quarterback, something I know the three of us said he should do over the summer when Bruce Arians just first put out that idea. So the yeah. disaster could have been prevented if Vic had been smart about it. I think that go- plays into it because Vic a- actually does have to shoulder some of the blame, but he doesn't want to. Um, so he's like, well, you, what you did made me look bad. Um, for his own mistake, I, d- I just don't think that should like it was a mistake, um, by all of those players, but that can't be that, in my opinion, that shouldn't be the end all. And if it was, cut him, in my opinion. Uh, and, I agree, and I think yeah. I think Vic would have said, "Yeah, let's do it." Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, I, th- I think these comments just show that, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I think Vic would have been fine without Drew this year. Yeah. The other thing is, but yeah, George Payton indicating to Peter King that he wanted to give Locke a chance. Yep. Which was it about giving Locke a chance for the sake of Drew, or was it about giving Locke a chance for the sake of John Elway still being in that building? And you know, you could ask the question: Was he actually given a chance? <laughs> he had. Well, I mean, well, then that's where you get into whether the competition was decided or not. I mean, he got he got fifty percent of the reps. And look, most positions, if you're a bo- if you're bottom four, bottom five at, at league wide, you're at best fighting for your job, if not outright replaced. I completely and, agree. My whole thing is like, if the whole if it was all just a charade, it was a massive waste of of resources um, and reps to even protect like if it was always going to be up to Vic and Vic was already out on Drew then we all just wasted our time. Okay, let's move on. I can't believe we got into a Drew Lock conversation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can, uh, you can, I can. <laughs> I, 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 I thought we were going to avoid it today. Uh, all right, Mason Zach, this is from D Bronk. You guys seem to be on the Fangio should go bandwagon, so assuming Aaron Rodgers is uh, coming here no matter who the coach is, who would you want the Broncos to hire? Uh, the candidates I've heard Benjamin Albright mention sound extremely underwhelming. As for that last point, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I and I, I agree with that too. And one of them is is a guy I brought up, Dan Quinn. I think his intangibles are great. But let me just bang my head into a wall if we go back to defense in a world of, of offense. Mace, you, you lay out great points of why Dan Quinn could be enticing. 
but just that offensive piece. And sure, he can get an offensive guy. Anyways, we, we've talked mm-hmm. about that, but that that's just something where I want to see a different direction going there. Um, I, I, I'd i want to see innovative, innovative offensive mind. Uh, I think Brian Dable's really hurt himself this year in that regard. Uh, and so you, you just want to get young, creative, innovative offensive minds for me. Yeah, I'm less concerned about the scheme of of and the tactics that a coach brings and more concerned about their leadership, their big picture vision, their ability to solve problems. Look, I, I, personally for me, and I don't think this is George Payton's MO, but personally for me, I want somebody who's been a head coach before and has presumably le- learned from that. I mean, I would, I would be very intrigued by either of the two coaches the Jaguars are interviewing, Doug Peterson and uh, Jim Caldwell. And of course, Caldwell has been a head coach with Peyton Manning before. Uh, I like Dan Quinn's background. I like Todd Bowles' background as well. Of course, he's he was the Jets head coach, but he's been in Tampa Bay the last couple of years. I'd be curious to see who he might bring off Tampa Bay's staff on the offensive side uh, to, to run that. Of course, you wouldn't get to work with Tom Brady anymore. But for me, if it were if it were up to me, those are the coaches I would be looking at. I, I, I let let a coach make the first time mistakes on someone else's dime. I want somebody who's done it before. Yeah, and that's why to me, Doug Peterson's probably the top of my list. I'm okay going someone inexperienced, but if you can get someone experienced and creative, I mean, guys, that's just Doug Peterson screams that. Now, I don't know the issues uh, and the extent to the issues and what happened with him in Philadelphia. Ryan, you may, you you guys probably know better than I do, but uh, it, it didn't seem like it was all on him. It seemed like there was a lot of other things, but if those things aren't a concern in your deep dive, he's he's got to be number one on my list. I really felt like he was a victim of injury. Um, that team was just getting beat up so much every year, especially on the offensive line. And, you know, we learned that when he's not protected, Carson Wentz falls apart. So uh, that's what I thought was the biggest case. Obviously, there's going to be other mismanagement and, you know, um, those sort of things. But I really like Doug Peterson. He is innovative. If if the Jags want him, I can't imagine him not going there and, and wanting to work with Trevor Lawrence. One thing I will say is, to me, Byron Leftwich feels like the perfect answer uh, for the Jags. Former player there, exciting young offensive mind, worked with Tom Brady, then he goes and works with Trevor Lawrence. It feels like a match made in heaven to me. We'll see if that if they wait that long um, to to interview him. Well, that's the thing. They might now, the, with the Bucks injuries right now, as good as Tom Brady is, it might not be waiting until the Super Bowl. It might be waiting only until uh, the divisional round, and that might kind of change the dynamic for left, which uh, one thing for Peterson, I know he – I think he really wants that job. He he doesn't live in the Jacksonville area. He lives about uh, four hours south down I ninety five in Jupiter, but he's in he's in Florida. Like I think that's that's the job that he craves, and uh, and I think also the Jaguars, frankly, uh, given you know given some of the moves they they've made over the years and some of the the miss the coaching missteps that have been made by by Shahid Khan running that team that. Uh, Maybe the the idea of getting someone with Peterson's experience on the NFL level really is attractive. And also, I think the other thing about Peterson, you talked about him in Philadelphia, RK. The guy won some big games, Including high him. leverage games, with Nick Foles at quarterback. Yeah. Yep, That says a lot about him. Yeah, it really does. And it says a lot about Nick Foles as well. But winning a Super Bowl with Nick Foles against Tom Brady. And Bill Belichick. And be- that's he an outcoached insane- Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. He sure and did. doing and it with offense too. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. That was. I I, I want to rewatch that game. That was an incredible Super Bowl. It was. It, it was, was thrilling. And, and, and speaking of creativity, yeah. yeah, he wasn't afraid to be daring with Nick Foles. Think about that. Like, yeah. there was no. You know, we talk about how some coaches coach with fear. Doug Peterson has no fear in how yep. he attacks a game. I love that. And I just think, man, what could Doug Peterson do with Geno Smith as the Broncos quarterback this year? And that just gets me fired up. A lot of people also uh, mention <laughs> why the uh, flat earther. <laughs> a lot of people also mention um, Kellen Moore in this conversation. I legitimately think the Broncos would have a really hard time firing Vic Fangio and hiring Kellen Moore after Vic Fangio schooled Kellen Moore this year. And then after Vic Fangio texted a columnist here, Kisla, uh, uh, just about that. I mean, if, if Kellen Moore wouldn't work out, uh, the Broncos, I don't think, would ever be able to live that Wait, down. What did he text Kisla? He, he uh, after the Broncos beat the Cowboys, I'm pretty sure Vic texted Kisla and said, like, uh, you can scratch Kellen Moore off your, uh, off your list to replace me. How did I miss that? <laughs> <laughs> First of all, that's incredible. Second of all, why do coaches coaches seem to love the guys that are so hard on them? They do. They do. They do love them. Yeah. <laughs> like Woody Page, you know, Woody Page used to be the one who would go in and hammer everyone. Somehow mm-hmm. he got all the sources in the world. <laughs> yep. Yep. The it's like they want to like. It's like they ask Patrick for their number because they wanted to be able to defend themselves, you know, or something like that, and then they <laughs> right. strike up a conversation. Exactly. <laughs> it's funny. Um, all right, let's get one more here. We've run extremely long. Um, so the next one here is from H-Town Bronco. If the Broncos are small, smart, they lose the last two games and get a higher draft pick, which would sweeten the deal even further for Green Bay or Seattle. Unfortunately, after witnessing the last five years of the Broncos, I fear the Broncos are no longer a smart franchise. No leadership has us looking like a bunch of idiots, like someone has a different input each week and it doesn't work, so they go to another option. We need someone who has brass balls in the front office who doesn't take no crap and bleeds winning. Only way to turn this broken ship around. Uh, The good news for the Broncos is they're playing two capable teams in the last two weeks that you know, could slash should beat them. Um, I worry about the Chargers um, not being able to hold up their end of that bargain because they're let's, the Chargers. Yeah. Let's but, see how many uh, players they have in this game. That because that's what last Sunday was all about. They just they everybody reaches a point where you can't where the ne- the phrase "next man up" may, means nothing. They ran out of next guys, and Justin Herbert wasn't, especially on the defensive side. And so I think a big question is like Joey Bosa, for example, because he's unvaccinated. The end of his t- the time that he has to be away. It's right. He's got to have those negative tests, right? So we may not know about him until Saturday, for example. Mm-hmm. But if they if they get a bunch of guys back, then I think it's going to be tough for the Broncos to win that game. The, if the Bronco look, if the Broncos really wanted to just punt it, uh, they'd say, "All right, let's come up with an injury for Javante Williams. Come up, you know, we're going to start Brett Rippin. We're just going to, you know, we're going to just bench guys left and right, come up with injuries and move on." But they're not going to do that, and play. And players are going to put forth an earnest and professional effort because they're pros, and that's what like Shelby Harris alluded to, Drew Locke alluded to. They're pros, and they're going to try to win that game. But uh, I mean, yeah, kind of kind of bringing in everything we're talking about, including what you're talking about right now, Mace. Is the the Colts just placed Carson Wentz 
on the COVID list. He's unvaccinated, so probably out. So, I mean, yeah. this is just something where this kind of brings everything together. Doug Peterson, Eagles, Carson Wentz, COVID. You said you, you want to wait till betting till the last moment. Right. These are all of the reasons why. And that's wild because the Colts are playing the Raiders. And the Raiders have four defensive starters who went on the COVID list yesterday. And now Carson Wentz goes on the COVID list. The Colts offensive line is in an absolute shambles. I mean, we're, we're going to be watching up like a preseason type of game between two teams who have legitimate playoff chances here. I'm it's a huge game. Jonathan Taylor rush yards. Oh my God. This is going to be, it's going to be the, the Taylor versus Jacob show. I, yeah, it, it very, very well could be. Here's what I'll say. Um, I would not be surprised if by the time the playoffs come around, uh, the rules in the NFL have changed drastically Again. on this sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> like, I would venture to guess in the playoffs they aren't going to test vaccinated players. So, yeah, prepare, we'll, we'll see, but that. I agree with you. The rules and players are going to, and if players are feeling symptoms, if they can hide them, they're not going to say they have symptoms. Of course, yeah. exactly. That's what, that's what I mean. The whole oh. thing's going to change, and and I they'll make sure that the product is good for the playoffs. I can't taste anything. Well, I'm everything's going to taste like cardboard, but I'm not telling anybody. <laughs> I mean, and this wouldn't be. That's not new. Like yeah. I think I've talked about it before. Mm -hmm. Tyler Columbus said the last stage of the concussion protocol is just, they just ask you, well, do you have a headache or any symptoms? And mm -hmm. every player just says, no. They <laughs> all know the answers to give. Exactly. Yeah. You can manipulate so, this. As soon as, yeah, it's, it's going to be, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, but I, I, they're not going to let that happen in a playoff game. They will not. I uh, mark my words on that. Um, okay guys, uh, before we get out of here, a shout out to green mountain dental group where you can get a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam uh, just outside of Denver right there in Lakewood. Uh, they treat you like family. They're all Colorado sports fans. They're up on the latest news. They're probably watching this podcast right now in the office. You could probably ask them to put it on for you. Um, so go check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group. Get any dental work you need done there. Uh, but this was great, guys. Lots of great conversation. Appreciate everyone uh, contributing in the chat. Uh, even the ones who are fighting, it's okay. We forgive you. We'll see you. I'm sure you'll be ready to put the gloves on again tomorrow, and we'll see you guys then. Uh, again, appreciate everyone, and uh, have a good day.